Hello, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we experience life as friends with faith through encountering God, loving others, and making a difference in our community. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast where you can plug into Quest in person or online. Now let's dive into this week's teaching. Good morning, Quest. Uh, My name is Jeremy Shelley. I'm the youth and teaching pastor, and I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker today. Uh, This is really one of the best ways that we can wrap up this series, uh, The Other Side of the Fence. It really has been a challenging series, but I think today brings it all together. So this morning, um, we're going to have Becky White come and share her testimony. She's a, a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. Uh, she and her husband have been, been volunteering at the Columbus Dream Center, which was Better Way Ministries, for eight years. She is a published author. She, she has a couple of books through Barber Publishing, as well as some other uh, things that she's written for David C. Cook. She's also self-published her own uh, devotional and her own personal journey, testimony books. It's, she's got so many fantastic resources, which I want to make sure that you know about because um, they're certainly a part of her story, but they're also a great resource for us, and and you can find those outside in the lobby as you leave this morning. Uh, Becky has a powerful testimony for us today, and so I want to ask you to um, help me welcome Becky as she comes to share her her story with us today. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, You know, before uh, first service, just as I came up here, I shared, and I'll share again, my husband leaned over to me, and he said something very profound to me. He said, just be yourself. And I really appreciate that. And he, um, he's such an encouragement to me. And with that in mind, I was talking to Greg as he was getting my little microphone ready. And I said, are you sure it's not going to come on while I'm singing? Because that would not be a good thing. And I'll tell you, if you've ever heard me sing, you know, that's not good. So um, but it is my great joy, really, to share with you what Jesus Christ has done for me. And to honor him by sharing my story with you this morning. I hope that you notice, woven throughout, how God has moved mightily on my behalf through prayer, but most of all, his great faithfulness, not to remove my difficulties, but to walk me through them. As C.S. Lewis has said, not without pain, but without stain. Let's pray. Oh, my Father, I am so thankful for this privilege you've given me. And I ask this morning very simply that the name of Jesus Christ would be exalted and glorified. And you'd help me to keep the focus on the message and not the messenger. I love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, Corey Tenboom. I'm sure many of you have heard of her. She is a Nazi concentration camp survivor who suffered horrifically. She is one of my all-time heroes. And she said, if God sends us on stony paths, he provides strong shoes. And I'd say many of us have been blessed with steel-toed work boots and just being real. But really, how many of you have lived long enough to discover that life isn't fair? Bad things happen. Difficulties occur, even for followers of Christ. No one is exempt from the difficulties of life. There are no magic wands to wave away the realities of life. And I'm no exception. But I want you to know that our sovereign God has faithfully used every pain every heartache, every so-called injustice, and somehow even my bad choices for my good and his glory. So let's dig into my story 
And, and as I shared earlier, I do need notes for my own story, I have to admit. It's not that my memory's that bad. It's just that I might be all over the map telling you stuff that you don't really need to hear. So let me just stay on focus. Just to give you a little background information, as a young child, we lived on the west side of Columbus in an area known as the Bottoms. When I was in kindergarten, my parents divorced. By second grade, we had moved numerous times, three or four or five times. My spiritual training would be what I would call new age spirituality, learning about ESP, reincarnation, horoscopes, palm reading, studying the writings of Edgar Cayce, that sort of thing. Around age seven, I began to experience sexual abuse by someone who should have been there to protect me and instead violated that trust. And that lasted several years. Now, I know that if statistics are correct, many of you in this room have experienced the same thing. And I am so sorry. As a young teenager, 13 or 14, I was very rebellious. Drugs, drinking, running away, stealing. No one could tell me what to do. In fact, my favorite song at the time was a Billy Joel song called My Life. This is my life. Leave me alone. Well, that was not only one of the lyrics, but I hate to say it was my life's motto. You know, I realize that sometimes the difficulties that we encounter in life can literally escort us right to the door of bad choices. But it's up to us whether or not we open that door. And open it, I did. By the time I was 15, I was already pregnant. And my beautiful little girl, Tiffany Ann, was born May 11th, 1980, Mother's Day. And she died three days later. And my heart broke. After she passed away, the nurses allowed me for the first time to hold her without all the tubes and the wires and things. And I sat there holding my little girl who still looks so full of life to me. Crying, rocking her. And I said, God, if you're really there, and I don't know if you are, would you please help me? Look what I've done. Wherever she is, I want to be someday, and I don't know how to get there. It was at that day, on that moment, that I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, and I became born again. Now, for all you Bible scholars out there, I know this is no textbook salvation prayer. Honey, I didn't know there was such a thing. But our faithful God honors a sincere cry for help, and he honored mine that day. His word says, if you seek me, I will be found by you. And he is so faithful. Now, at this point, I'd love to put a period on it and wrap it up all in a bow and tell you that the birds sang and the sun shone and the skies parted. and That's just not life, is it? Well, something inside me had changed, but my circumstances were still the same and my thinking patterns were all still the same. I did stop drinking and smoking and running with the rough crowd and talking like a sailor and and all that kind of stuff. I started reading the Bible and going to church. 
I vividly remember hearing the song, Amazing Grace, for the first time. A little church called Old Time Religion Hall that used to be in a much different short north. And I heard those words, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. I heard those words, and I thought, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what happened to me. Does everybody know about this? It was all so beautiful and new to me. And yet forgiveness doesn't equal eradication of consequences. And I had already made so many mistakes. At 16, I married the father of my daughter and had a second child. He's sitting out there today. I wasn't going to say that, but I'll I'll point you out again later, Aaron. I worked full-time as a dishwasher in a nursing home and studied at night to graduate high school. During this time, 1981, completely unbeknownst to me, I later found out there was a praying housewife in Clintonville by the name of Jean Liston. And she was asking God to send into her life a troubled teenage girl that she could minister to. Hello. Just saying. I fit the bill. As my friends at Columbus Dream Center, what used to be better way, would say, Becky, you just tore up from the floor up. Honey, you were a hot mess. And I was. Jean got what she asked for. Jean and I met at a church service when her prayer to be used by God and my prayer for help came together and our sovereign, faithful God was doing what only he could do, honoring those prayers of a housewife and a messed up teenager. And Jean became my mentor, my spiritual mom for the next 26 years till God called her home. Over the next few years of my life, I had two more children. But by the time I was 19, my then husband decided this whole, you know, marriage, family, fidelity thing, it just wasn't working for him. And so at 19, I found myself a divorced single mom with three children. Working full time as a cook in a nursing home, I got a promotion living in government housing on 4th Street in the short north and feeling very alone, forsaken. Just to give an idea of what life is like at that time, I remember cooking dinner for the family and put a bag of beans in the crock pot, a little onion in there for flavor and some bacon grease from the never-ending jar in the refrigerator. It cooked all day and I took the lid off, the steam rose, and it smelled so good. And as I stirred it, when the steam rose, it hit the bottom of the cabinet, and a little critter fell down in. Uh, I was mortified, but I had a decision to make. That was our only dinner. So I got that critter out as fast as I could and asked the Lord to help me forget it was ever in there. Oh, sorry, Aaron. (laughs) Uh, I shared that story a few months ago with, to Scott Marrier before I spoke at Warm. And he said, Becky, that is the five-second rule taken to a whole new level. <laughs> and it was. But I'll tell you something. 
that season of my life began teaching me how to be so grateful for whatever I had. And it definitely taught me how to stretch a dollar. About a year later, I remarried. To be completely honest, I was shocked that anyone would want to marry someone with three children. But it didn't take long to discover that my new husband, he had a severe drinking problem and a violent temper. And what should have caused me to run in terror instead created such a paralyzing fear within me that my only thought was how do I keep him from getting angry? I don't want the children to hear this. Where do I go? What do I do? Maybe he'll change. God, I don't want to get divorced again. And that very difficult relationship lasted nearly 25 years. During that time, I had two more children and I gave birth to a stillborn son. And life was just painful. But I want you to know something because I don't want to stop at that. That wouldn't be a very good story, would it? Running parallel with all those very real difficulties I just described to you, I went after the Lord with tenacity, out of desperation, women's prayer breakfast, Bible studies, evangelism explosion course. Someone gave me a Strong's Concordance and helped me figure out how to use it. And I began studying the Greek and the Hebrew. You see, following Jesus was no weekend hobby to me. No life enhancement package. He was my life. He is my life. I read and I reread the Old Testament stories of Hosea, Joseph, and Job. And I lived in the book of Psalms. If you're ever discouraged, that's the place to go. And I got to know my heavenly father and his character through his word. And yet life continued to be difficult. And I teetered on that edge of self-pity. Some would surely say I fell in more than I want to admit in front of all of you. I also learned to pray. I discovered that sometimes the very best prayer is simply an authentic, help me, Father. I would open up the word, get on my knees and read it back to him. Father, Father, your word says you'll never leave me or forsake me. But Father, I feel forsaken. Your word says that you were near the brokenhearted. But Father, I don't feel you. You have promised no good thing will you withhold from those who walk uprightly. But I'm not seeing it, Father. And you have promised to bring good out of everything I face. Oh God, how could you possibly bring good from this? And how can I stand on your promises when I have made so many mistakes? His answer to my cries for help came in the form of a continued hopeless situation in the cumulative effect of years of difficulty. He faithfully brought me to the end of myself. See, I don't know about you, but in my own life, I have found it easier to be broken and make excuses than to live out the hard work of being healed and whole. It's oddly comfortable 
We tend to stay with what we know, even when it hurts. Did you ever notice that Jesus often asks some strange questions? He asked a man born blind, what do you want me to do for you? And a man paralyzed 38 years, do you want to be made well? Well, I'm no rocket scientist, but I'm thinking, you know, the omniscient, all-knowing God never asks the question to figure out the answer. But I believe to help us to come to terms with and face the answer. And during one of my prayer wrestling matches that I had with the Lord, I could almost literally hear him say to me, child, do you want to be made well? Oh, Father, yes, please, whatever it takes. I'm tired of living this way. Short time later, just a few weeks later, I was walking down the hall at a church we used to attend. And I walked past the pastor's office and he said, hey, Becky, how are you doing? Now, keeping in mind all that I just described to you about my life, how do you suppose I responded to him? I'm fine. I don't know about you, but that's what I said. That's, would you have said that? That's what I said. It's so difficult to be transparent, isn't it? We wouldn't want anyone to think that we don't have it all together. In case you can't tell, I don't. I took a few more steps and then I stopped and turned around and came back. And I stuck my head in the door. I'm not fine. The pastor called me in the office and his wife as well. And, and in true Pastor Steve Campbell fashion, he said, child, what can we do for you? You can give me a new life because this one hurts. Just a few weeks later, something relatively minor occurred in my family. Minor compared to the drugs and the drinking and the on-again, off-again infidelity and violence. I was doing our bank account and checking it online, and I noticed yet again it had been completely wiped out for drugs and drinking and, and all that go with that lifestyle. And as I sat there staring at the computer screen, it occurred to me, this will never change, ever. Maybe you would have noticed that much sooner. I realized that I had to do something. I want you to know at this time, I had three grown children and two still at home. And I had been a homeschooling stay-at-home mom for several years at this point in my life. And it's one thing to stand up here and talk to you about God's faithfulness. And it's another matter altogether when a crisis occurs and life happens. And then what you say you believe is called to the witness stand. I left that day with my kids, my Bible, and my crockpot. I got to have my crockpot with me. And we left that day with nothing, leaving behind everything. I had no idea what we were going to do, no idea what the future held, and no idea how that one decision would completely change the trajectory of our lives. Just a few months after our divorce was finalized, 
My ex-husband died of a drug overdose. And I had to walk my children through such profound grief and tragedy and come to terms with my own layers of unforgiveness in the process. But even in that, God was at work. He is so faithful. I could never have fathomed what God had planned or the beauty that he could and he would bring from such tragedy and brokenness. Thank God, thank God my past doesn't define me unless I allow it to. And your past doesn't define you unless you allow it to. I am a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And I have learned by experience that the word of God is truth I can lean into and rely on. Truer than my feelings. Truer than my circumstances. Truth. The scriptures, they're not just some bumper sticker phrase to slap on the difficulties of life or a Facebook meme to post or Instagram or all those other things that people do. But truth from Genesis to Revelation, truth that we can lean into and rely on. And there are still no magic wands in my life, definitely. Hashtag just say. <laughs> but God did bring into my life a knight in shining armor. My husband of almost seven years, Stu White, a man I am so thankful for. He is a fantastic stepfather to my children. And he and I have the privilege of serving God together. I've also been blessed with becoming a stepmom to two beautiful young ladies. Again, such beauty from such brokenness. If placed in his hands, God never wastes our pain, our failures, our flat out wrong choices, or even injustices. It was through those years of great difficulty that I just described to you that my writing ministry was birthed. See, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through stuff, I can't think clearly. So I began writing my prayers, which became a prayer journal, which eventually became a devotional book. God's grace is so much greater than our pain or loss or failure. There is hope. He's listening and he cares. He sees your pain through your eyes. And let me just state the obvious. There is nothing special about Becky. God has no favorites Honey, if he can take this wretch and the ash heap of my life and bring beauty from it, he can and he will do the same for you. For that person you're praying for and for that hopeless situation you're facing, he is more than able to do above and beyond all that we can ask for or imagine. He is good and he is faithful. That is my God. Psalm 118.5 says, From my distress, I called upon the Lord, and he answered me and set me in a large place. And in Second Chronicles, he says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of him whose heart is completely his. He is good, and he is faithful. That is our God. Father, I thank you. Let's pray. 
Father, I want to thank you so much for this privilege you've given me to declare the praises of him who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I pray that this has honored you this morning. And I ask you now to honor your word that says it will not return void, but will accomplish what you sent it to do and prosper where you please. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Before they get ready to sing, I'd like to, if, if he's willing to do it, I'd like my son, Aaron, to stand up for a second. Um, can you come here for a minute? I promise I won't ask you to say anything. I promise. I didn't tell him I was going to do this. He probably wouldn't have come if he'd known I was going to do this. Right, come down. Besides my husband and Jesus, this, this man means more to me than anything in the world. And I am so thankful for him. He has walked most of this journey with me. I was barely 16 when he was born. And just very thankful for him and what God has done in his life and in his family, his wife and two of his children are sitting out there. And so as you hear my story, I want you to know that it came at great expense to this young man. And I'm so thankful for him. I love you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Becky for sharing her story today and, uh, well, being vulnerable, being open with us about where the Lord has brought her. Um, I think that uh, a lot of us, we experience difficulty, we experience suffering and pain, and we don't always know what to do with it. We don't know where to take it or, or how to allow the Lord to process um, with us through that. And so... As a ministry of Quest, one of the things that we want to do is we want to walk with people through uh, the things that are going on in their life. And today, we, we want to invite you to come and to, to receive prayer if you are in the midst of something that's difficult. If something that Becky said to you stirred up an emotion that you haven't processed yet today, we want to invite you to come and, and receive prayer for that. To invite the Lord into that place with you. So in a moment, we're going to invite you to come and, and receive prayer if you would like. This, a little differently than uh, some other places you may be familiar with, uh, we do have the traditional way of, of receiving an offering where you can write a check or give cash, um, but we drop it in a box at the, the back of the auditorium. Uh, on your way out, you'll see a little wooden box there. You can, you can drop your money there. Or you can give to Quest uh, by Texting go to quest to 77977 and there's a safe and secure way, a quick way to, to give um, to the ministry here. Or you can use the recurring uh, feature on our app uh, so that you can, you can continually give even when you're not here. We receive an offering because we believe that the Lord um, gives us, blesses us with the finances that we have. And we're saying we trust you, God, uh, with, with all that we have. And so we, we give it back to you. And, and as a ministry... As a church, we know that it, it is our privilege, our responsibility to go out into the light to bring hope. I think that one of the things that Becky's story shares with us is that God's not finished with us. No matter where we are, he has a hope and a future for us. And, and so as, as ministers of Jesus Christ, we get to go out into the world and to share his light and his hope with them. And the money that we receive, um, it helps us to do that. And so we want to say thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for your giving because it's a blessing not only to us but to the community here as well. Let me pray for the offering and then I'll invite you guys to come to receive prayer if you would like some. 
Quest, thank you for worshiping with us. And let's thank Becky one more time for sharing her story. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you're loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information on Quest, who we are, and what God is doing here, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org. Thanks for listening.